Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Erin Summers, joined by John DeShazer, who is in Seattle for this Monday night football matchup against the Seattle Seahawks. Is at 725. You can get that on ESPN or ABC and the Manning cast. It's back. Peyton and Eli will be back on ESPN too. And I've heard that uh, Drew Brees is going to make an appearance on the, the broadcast there. So John, if you weren't going to be there watching the game, would you opt for the Manning cast? Well, after, after watching Eli do his Shakira impersonation, <laughs> I, I would watch just to see, because now I'm intrigued to see if he's going to bust out any other moves from here on out. So I would have to watch them see if he's going to, you know, pull a Janet Jackson or if he's going to pull a Britney Spears. I don't know. I just yeah. want to see what else Eli has in the bag, because now that he's pulled that out, he can't go backward. He's got to go forward. He's got to keep uh, raising the bar each week. Hopefully... For the Saints, they raise the bar as they get some more players back on the football field. John, who are we looking forward to seeing back out there? Well, Traquan Smith comes back. That will help the passing game if the weather cooperates, obviously, Mm -hmm. in Seattle. Kind of iffy always uh, at receiver. Uh, But mainly, I think, for the Saints, Eric McCoy looks like he's going to be back at center. That moves moves Cesar Ruiz back to right guard. And Teron Armstead comes back at left tackle. And so the Saints' offensive line, for the first time, since the first series in the season opener will be intact. And I think that's huge, especially on the road against uh, against a team that has historically been a really good home team. So you get your offensive line back intact. And even if you can't throw it because of weather-related conditions, uh, you certainly should be able to run it because that's your, your starting offensive line. You're, you're more accustomed to those guys. They have a good chemistry together. They play together. So you just hope those guys – and of course, on defense, Quan Alexander comes back at linebacker, so that should help the cause there. Definitely, looking forward to seeing them back on the football field. And you know, the Saints—they do pretty well coming off the bye under Coach Payton. They're eighteen and two in the first four games after the bye week since two thousand sixteen. Not a bad record. Last season, they went seven straight, seven straight wins after the bye week. So we know that the Saints are pretty successful. He's good at making some adjustments. Anything that stood out to you? that Coach Payton is really looking to do in this game? Well, I mean, I think it'll be a lot weather dictated, but, I, you know, obviously you always want to establish the run. I think the Saints have been a little bit more reliant on it this year, especially early as they kind of find an offensive flow. But if the wind isn't blowing hard and if it's not a monsoon rain, the Saints are going to throw the ball. Um, Traquan Smith is back. And even though Deontay Harris and Taysom Hill are out, um, the Saints like throwing the football. They like moving the football that way. And if you're going to do it, you're probably going to have to do it that way against Seattle because Seattle knows Alvin Kamara is in the backfield. They're going to stack the box. I don't blame them. And they're going to make you move the football through the air. That's what Washington did, uh, which is why, you know, James Winston was able to hit him for a couple of big, big plays. Uh, same thing here. If I'm an opposing defense, I'm going to stack the box. I'm going to see if I can take Alvin Kamara away. I'm going to see how James Winston and the receivers respond. So, you know, hopefully the weather will cooperate for the Saints uh, throughout the game. Now, again, the forecast is not great. Uh, 80% chance of rain or so during the game, uh, 55 degrees. But if the wind isn't blowing and if it's not raining hard, hard, they're going to stick with the game plan that they have. And it might involve throwing the football because Seattle's going to say, okay, we're going to see what you can do throwing it. I think I've seen that it's going to be 14 to 15 miles per hour at times, gust of 17. That's kind of crazy. But Coach Payton, he really likes the challenge. So we'll see how they handle this one. And for a little insight on Seattle, we're going to bring in Brady Henderson, 
He works for ESPN as their NFL Nation's Seahawks reporter. Brady Henderson, great to have you on the podcast today. How are you doing? How's everything going in Seattle? Uh, I'm doing well. It's it's going well here, other than uh, some pretty crummy weather that I think we're going to get for this game. If, if uh, everybody was excited about watching that slot fest on Sunday night between the Colts and the 49ers, I think that you could be in for something similar. Maybe not as much rain, but uh, sounds like whatever hit the Bay Area, is uh, some of it is hitting up here in the Northwest. And so I think you're going to see some bad weather tonight. Get ready. It was brought up a few times during Saints availabilities this past week. How have the Seahawks been talking about the possibility of this weather? Really, it has not been talked about. I I can't even remember. I think somebody may have made a comment that the coach may have acknowledged it. But um, as far as I know, I think they practiced inside this week. So this is nothing. I mean, this is not typical. Uh, It's usually not this bad, but they're no strangers, obviously, to playing in the rain. So it really wasn't a big talking point up here. Uh, at least in the building. I, I think one of the biggest things that uh, Coach Sean Payton always talks about when he talks about weather is the wind, even more so than the rain. Is that kind of the way they see it uh, for the Seahawks also, is kind of the wind might dictate what you do offensively? Well, yeah, that, that's a good point. And it is, uh, I, I don't know how much it's supposed to rain, but I know that right, I'm looking outside, I'm seeing a flag like whipping in the wind right now. And mm-hmm. so uh, it is going to be windy. And I think it's interesting how that might play in the game plan I mean you you know remember that Sunday night game last week that was very much a short passing game for the Seahawks whether it was by design or whether it was by necessity based on how Pittsburgh was playing or a combination of the two Um, I'll give you a number here was I think the average target depth beyond the line of scrimmage for Geno Smith was three yards and change which was the Mm -hmm. lowest of any game regular season or postseason under Pete Carroll so um, you know you've got a backup quarterback You've got wet weather, windy weather like this. I, I don't know how much opportunities there are going to be downfield, so I don't know how much it's going to change from last week. Uh, this is this is going to be a you know establish the run type of game for the Seahawks and you know Seahawks fans a lot of times bristle when they hear Pete Carroll talk about that. Why would you run the ball when you've got Russell Wilson? Blah blah blah. Well, no Russell Wilson, bad weather. I think there's no choice but to try to run the ball tonight. Who are some of the names that could play into that run game for the Seahawks? Yeah, well, I mean, in, they don't have Chris Carson. He's on IR for mm-hmm. at least one more game after this one uh, with a deck injury. And Alex Collins, I think, would start in his absence, and he still might, but he's been dealing with a groin injury from that Sunday night game against Pittsburgh. Um, he ran for, I think, 101 yards and a touchdown on 20 carries, and they didn't have him late in that game because he had, took a couple hard hits. I think they missed him on a couple of those late drives. And so it sounds like he's going to play. He was listed as questionable, but Pete Carroll said on Saturday that it looks like uh, Collins is going to play, but he made an interesting comment saying he'll be part of the rotation. So he didn't necessarily commit to Collins being the starter. He still might, but either way, whether he starts or not, you're going to see Rashad Penny in this game. And he was of course the first round pick in 2018. His career has really been a big disappointment to this point. Um, He's just, had one injury after another, including a calf strain that he suffered in week one that uh, had him on IR. So he's going to be activated off IR sometime before kickoff, and he's going to factor into that uh, running game. So it's going to be Collins and Rashad Penny primarily. You'll see a little bit of uh, Travis Homer and DJ Dallas, but those guys are more change of pace, uh, you know, two minute, not not guys that you really want to run between the tackles. So it's going to you're going to see a lot of Collins and a lot of Penny tonight. Brady, how has Geno Smith been in this offense? I know they bring him in as a, as a free agent, obviously, 
Um, he passed some skills. He was a high draft pick. Um, and obviously they bring him in for a reason, but how has he fit with this organization and this offense? Yeah, well, you know, that Thursday night game a couple of weeks ago when Wilson got hurt in the second half, you know, that was really Geno Smith's first meaningful playing time uh, since he signed with the Seahawks. And I think in 2019, there was, it was really just mop up duty. I think the most extended action I remember seeing him was a game, a blowout win over the Jets last year where he had a couple series. And uh, really this just goes to show like, he was actually more known in Seattle for being the guy who handles the overtime coin tosses. And you remember there was that uh, sort of mystery over whether he called heads or tails a couple years ago in that overtime uh, Monday night game against the 49ers. Like really that's, that's sort of what he was known for in Seattle uh, before now. And so, you know, he led him on that, I think 98 yard drive uh, against the Rams looked really efficient, really poised um, looked like he, looked like an NFL quarterback, you know, um, and he had that unfortunate interception late in that game, which, you know, the receiver fell uh, down before the ball arrived. So you can't really put totally put that on Gino. And then, you know, I thought last week against the, the Steelers, you know, everything was discombobulated in the first half. They didn't have a running game. He missed a few throws. Um, and then the second half, they got their running game going. And I think it's no coincidence that they got Geno Smith going. You know, they were able to kind of dictate a little bit uh, with the way that they ran the ball, opened up some things downfield. There still was a predominantly a short passing game, but you know one of the big passing plays was the, the long throw to the, the tight end Gerald Everett, who set up a touchdown. Um, so that it just goes to show that I, like I think Pete Carroll always wants to run the ball. I think he especially wants to run the ball just to help out Geno and to give him some more favorable looks in the passing game. Now, statistically on defense, this has not been the, the quintessential Seattle team that we're accustomed to seeing. Uh, I believe they're giving up about 292 yards a game. Um, what has been the issue there? Are they lacking something at corner? I mean, pass rush, what's been seemingly the issue there? Yeah, cornerback has been a big issue. And I know they had a nice debut last week from uh, the rookie fourth round pick, Trey Brown. DJ Reed is playing a little bit better now that he's on the right side. Um, there's just been a lot of shuffling there and it has not been a, by and large, it has not been a strength of theirs. And we sort of, everybody knew that going into the season that, you know, cornerback would be a, a sore spot for them. Uh, they let Keel Griffin in free agency. He got a big deal uh, from Jacksonville. I don't think anybody really says, Hey, and you really should have paid him. He got a, a ton of money, um, but they didn't really do a good enough job of, of, you know, filling in that position without him. And so they traded for, or excuse me, they signed a Kelpo Weatherspoon. He did not work out. They traded him before the season started. Uh, they began the year with Trey Flowers starting on one side. He was kind of a disaster, and they ended up cutting him. And so you've got DJ Reed on one side now, and we'll see whether it's Trey Brown or Sidney Jones on the other side. But the thought going into the season was that their pass rush would be good enough to help take some of the pressure off of those guys on the outside because, as we all know, you know, when the, when the guys are getting, you know, when, when the upfront guys are getting to the quarterback, you can kind of make life easier on the cornerbacks. And that really hasn't happened. I mean, it, it looked like it, the edge rushers, that looks like it should be the deepest position group of any on their roster. Uh, if you, you know, count Jamal Adams in that group, they've got Carlos Dunlap, who was a, a big time player for them when he arrived in a trade last year. They've got other kind of role player type rushers, Benson Mayoa. Alton Robinson, and I think going into this game, Daryl Taylor has four sacks, and nobody else has more than one. And it's the, the pass rush has really been a disappointment for them. So uh, last year, you know, their defense started slow, and then some of the same numbers that they are putting up now, 
you know, they were doing that last year, either setting or threatening NFL records for futility in terms of pass defense. They really got their defense turned around because the pass rush got hot. And so they've got the, the players to do it. And we'll see if they can, if that could be the reason for the turnaround this year. Now, given that Jameis Winston's warming up a bit for the Saints, um, could it be hopeful for Seattle that the weather does bottom out a little bit? Yeah, I, although I don't know. I, I think if I'm the Seahawks, I would probably take my chances with Jameis Winston throwing the ball all over the field and then trying to tackle Alvin Kamara, um, you know, especially that be Alvin Kamara being a back that is really good at catching the ball out of the backfield. You know, some of the issues they've had earlier this season, whether it was uh, against Derrick Henry and the Titans, against um, uh, who was it, Alexander Madison, you know, Dalvin Cook's backup and in, in, in with the Vikings, you know, they've really struggled with some screen passes and defending those. And so, that would scare me if I'm the Seahawks and, you know, in a uh, bad weather game like this, I would probably, I, I think a key for them is look, any team always wants to get ahead early. Um, but I think a key for them in this game, you know, make, make Jameis Winston beat them and maybe make some of the old, you know, Jameis decisions show up when he's trailing, you know, and, and having to throw the ball in bad weather. And you mentioned starting early and doing well from the beginning. I think that'll be a key for the saints as well, especially with the way that the crowd is there for people that haven't been to that stadium. What is that like? And how loud does it really get? Yeah, it is. I can tell you it is as loud as advertised and, you know, we're obviously in the press box. And so you, it's sort of muted. It's a closed press box um, unlike some stadiums. And so you really don't get the full effect, but every time, you know, if I would have to walk down the hallway and you walk by like some of the broadcast booths and those are open air. And mm -hmm. when the crowd is going, you can just tell you go from the press box where it's, it's muted because of the windows. And then you go out into just where you hear it in the full effect. And sometimes, you know, I get to go down on the field for some of that stuff. And it is, it is loud. I just, every time I'm down there and I hear it, I just wonder how does a quarterback and how does an offense possibly communicate um, in noise like this? But the interesting thing, Aaron, is that for as loud as it is and as loud as I imagine it will be, you know, for whatever reason, they have really lost uh, some of the home field advantage. I mean, they've lost both home games uh, this season to Tennessee and to the Rams on Thursday night. Uh, and if you go back to last season, I mean, they had the playoff game, the, the wild card game against the Rams. And that's what everybody with the Seahawks always talks about is mm -hmm. just get a home playoff game because they're so tough to beat. Uh, at home in the playoffs with the crowd noise and everything. Well, they lost that game. So they've lost three straight home games. And, um, you know, I know it was a different story last year because there weren't fans in the stands. But, you know, even going back to 2019, it, it just hasn't been as, as much of an advantage as we all have, have known it to be in Seattle. We've touched on Geno Smith a little bit here. Obviously, big part of the Seahawks and what they've been able to do the past two weeks and going forward until they can get Russell Wilson back. But last week, He's sacked five times offensive line. How have they make, are they making adjustments? What are they doing there to protect him a little bit more? Yeah, that was kind of, uh, you know, some of those sacks that was kind of classic Seahawks sacks, whether it was Russell Wilson or whoever is out there where, you know, some of those were on the offensive line. Um, I think there was one play where the offensive coordinator kind of took blame for it, where he got the play call in late and, didn't give the offensive lineman enough time to communicate. And there's one where Gino just took a bad sack where in a situation where you just really can't do that. And so um, that's kind of the story sometimes with Russell, obviously his pass protection has been very much under par for the majority of his, of his career, but he does take some of those sacks because of his, you know, uh, ability to create plays. And sometimes he extends them for too long. So um, 
you know, this season they they traded for Gabe Jackson, who was a big upgrade for them at right guard. Um, they have a new center in Kyle Fuller, and I, I think the jury is still out on that group of offensive linemen. Um, you know, another another thing that was supposedly going to help them out was the new offense under Shane Walter, and it was going to be more of an underneath passing game that gets the ball out quicker. We, we saw that against uh, the Steelers, obviously, but it really didn't translate into the quarterback getting hit less often. So I think the jury is still very much out on, on what that offensive line is going to be pass protection wise. The Saints coming off a of bye week, lots of players that they're going to have back on the football field for the first time this season, possibly. How does the team prepare for that? What have you heard from them and what they're kind of getting ready for after not seeing this team play in the past week? Yeah, we really, I don't know if we've heard a lot about that. I don't know if we really asked a lot of questions about that. The majority of the questions were about Jameis and about Alvin Kamara and, you know, Pete Carroll. I know one thing that struck me about something he said about Kamara was just how strong he is. And that's not something you, you know, when I think of Alvin Kamara, I think of, you know, a smaller guy, uh, I guess the term is like scat back, but he's, he's apparently not that he's apparently a much more powerful guy than uh, he looks as a smaller running back. And so that was most of the conversation. Um, I'm trying to think, you know, Pete Carroll was very uh, complimentary of Cam Jordan, who I think has been one of the more, as I'm sure you both know this, one of the more underrated players in the NFL uh, over the past decade. And so, um, yeah, those were the comments that, that stood out to me. And, and again, Kamara is, I, I, I've said it before, but, I think he's the guy that they really got to worry about tonight just because of the, some of the issues they've had in their run defense uh, and in defending screen passes. All right. Thank you so much for the time today. I know it's a busy game day for you and we look forward to the coverage this evening. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks for having me on. Take care. Thank you, Brady. Thanks so much to Brady for joining us. Lots of good stuff to key in on for the Seattle Seahawks as they get ready for our big Monday night football matchup against the Saints. John, anything that stood out to you about that conversation? Well, pretty much, um, you know, they're going to you know try to run the ball. Even without their top running backs, they want to establish the run. Um, I, and I don't necessarily know if it's a trust issue with Geno Smith so much as, you know, that's the personality. But that's been Pete Carroll's personality. Throughout, people forget, even when he was at USC, he had Lindell White and Reggie Bush to run the ball. When he came to Seattle initially, he had Marshawn Lynch. So he has been a coach who likes to run the football, and he certainly will want to do it uh, with, with a backup quarterback. So, you know, there might be a whole lot of ground and pound from Seattle, and the Saints, you know, generally are up to that challenge, and let's see if they'll be up to it on Monday Night Football. And we are looking forward to it. That is John DeShazer. You can follow him at John DeShazer on Twitter. He'll have all the update, updates throughout the game. If you want to catch it on TV, it is ESPN, ABC, it's WDSU here locally. It's on the radio, WWL 870 AM and 105.3 FM or the Yahoo Sports or Saints app presented by Verizon. Lots of places to catch it. No excuses to miss this one. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Great listen as always. John, appreciate it. I'm Erin Summers and we will talk to you again soon.